0: MLM Nation, episode 48. You know, you want to be able to show people your heart and you want to be able to show people, you know, your muscle, that, um, you know, behind your words, you know, comes some very powerful actions to take other people's dreams seriously, that uh, you're going to roll up up your sleeves, you're going to jump into the trenches, and um, you're going to show people that they've got a very powerful ally to, uh, you know, help uh, change their future. (music) If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chas. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income
1: earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm super excited today to bring one of my friends from Australia, and I love that country. It's like my home away from home. I go there twice a year, so it's really cool to have an Aussie on the show again. So our guest is Lyndon Birnoff. Lyndon, are you ready to make it happen?
0: Absolutely, Simon.
1: Lyndon Birnoff is a 28-year veteran in network marketing. This MLM superstar is from Australia and started his network marketing journey when he was only 17 years old. He's been involved with three companies, and the impressive thing is in every one of them, he's reached to the top of the income level and earned over a million dollars in each one of them. According to Business for Home, Lyndon is currently making over $2.5 million a year in personal commissions and is ranked number 39 in top income earners worldwide. So, Lendon, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing.
0: Thanks, Simon. Well, for me, um, network marketing, I suppose, really found me more than I found network marketing. Um, it, it, I suppose it really started with, with coming into the industry because of an incredible mentor that I uh, had at... Uh, at a very very young age, I joined my first network marketing company at 17, and that mentor that I had that really guided me and, and held my hand at the beginning was, was actually my mum. And uh, the reason that she came into network marketing, she joined a, a great company in, in the in the uh, 70s, and she started out of necessity. Um, it was a very difficult time for her and my family back in the uh, the uh, mid mid to later 70s. Uh, my father had passed away and. My mum was left in a very desperate situation where she had three kids to raise on her own and a bank that was quite aggressively wanting to take her her house away. And so network marketing became, in a way, my family's salvation. So when I went to leave high school and was looking at what university degree to do, I settled on a on a science degree and very quickly realised that um, my future and my heart was not in science; it was actually in network marketing, so I made the decision to leave my science degree and work full time uh, with my mum so I worked as a mother and son team in the industry uh, for um, uh, seventeen years uh, before I branched out you know on my own so it was a bit of an unusual entry uh, into network marketing but um, it was an entry point that I'm you know, always thankful for in a way. Sometimes uh, you know, really positive things can come out of, uh, out of dark times, and that's certainly what this in- industry did for myself and-, and also for that of my family.
1: So I have to ask you this, because sometimes working with moms can be, you know, even though they love us, can be challenging. What was the toughest... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're laughing before I even finish that question. Like, what was the toughest moment you can bring back? Like maybe your mom... Conflict because I'm sure you you know all 17 olds were rebellious. You know, was, was it easy for you at the beginning, or you had numerous challenges and you got in conflicts?
0: Um, well, look, I suppose in the very beginning it was it, it was it, it, it kind of got harder as time went along. Uh, in the beginning, you know, I was very much the apprentice. Uh, you know, my mother <clears throat> was the was the master. She'd already had you know almost ten, well she'd had 10 years of experience in the industry. She got to the very top distributor here in Australia and, and then moved on to to her second company almost 10 years later. Uh, it was an easy int- entry point for me because I had someone... I suppose I was lucky. I didn't have to fight, you know, to prove myself in the industry to begin with. Uh, you know, I joined with my mum together. We had a joint distributorship. Um, but I suppose that when when it got harder was as I... As my confidence built, and I started to, um, you know, bring my skill set to the table, because both my mum and myself are very, very different people. You know, I'm I'm someone that I suppose is, you know, thinks a little bit more with my head. You know, whether my mum would think, you know, very much more with her with her heart, and and so we had a great combination of of uh, what her what her strengths were were probably my weaknesses, what my weaknesses were were probably, you know, her strengths, but You know, in the end, you know, my mum taught me, you know, an incredible amount of wisdom. You know, sadly, today, my mum is in her 70s. Um, You know, I'm her full-time, you know, carer. She has, uh, you know, Alzheimer's. Uh, But, you know, the company she first joined back in the 70s still pays her, you know, a wonderful residual commission still, you know, 40 years, 40 years on. But my mum was really, you know, a visionary. I could remember... You know, sometimes going and doing events and meetings, you know, back in the in the 80s, you know, there wasn't really a social media footprint. <clears throat> and even if there was only very small numbers of people, you know, there in that room, my mum was so consistent with what she did. She would present just as powerfully, whether it was to a room of four people or a room of 400. Uh, you know, she would always put in that same level of effort. Um, so... Um, You know, we had our moments when we would butt heads and clash and and differ on opinion, but in the end, you know, I really ultimately had that respect that, uh, you know, my mom knew what she was doing, and and although I would challenge her at times, she was the boss.
1: So, Linda, most distributors don't realize it's during the toughest times, or I say quote-unquote failures, that we learn the most, but the key is to never quit and keep going. Can you take us back to one of your journey where – it was really frustrating, challenging. Maybe this was with your mom, or was this when you went solo? To the point that maybe you want to, hey, hate network marketing. Maybe you even wanted to quit, and it was you didn't feel like going on. But somehow you kept on going, and then because of that, you learned a major lesson from that experience. Um, look,
0: I've probably gone through a few periods, you know, like that, Simon, through my career, where you know, network marketers in general are always pretty impatient. You know, we <laughs> want to continue to have, we want to have non-stop momentum, you know, within our business, and and at times that can happen, Um, but a real networker is born, I suppose, out of those times, you know, when challenges are are aplenty, it may be challenges within your own team, you know, with chemistry, you may have leaders, you know, that you may have a, you know, a falling out with, Um, it may be simply the economic climate of the time you know, being a real challenge. I mean, the other challenge uh your company itself, you know, going through, uh, you know, uh, a, a tough financial, you know, period. Um, but the real key for network marketing is just absolute consistency. You know, if, if you can be a network marketer that, you know, has a long-term focus, a long-term, um, you know, attention span... You know, the only way that you can ever fail in this industry is to give up. And so, you know, I've always kind of held held tough that as long as it isn't broken, then what you need to do is is just to, if times get tougher, you work harder. You respond, you know, stronger. You pick up the phone and make more phone calls. You try to put in that greater level, you know, of effort. And, and there are times that I think for a networker, it really tests uh, a networker's character. Um, You know, the biggest challenge is to buckle under pressure. And this is, you know, one of the biggest challenges for network marketers because every time a networker buckles under pressure and decides that the going is too tough, their network company may not necessarily be broken, but you take the soft option and, and think, well, you know what? Things aren't building as quickly as what I want. Things aren't happening as fast as what I want. Let's see whether the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And when a networker decides to change companies, it's a massive, massive decision because you know the more a, a networker changes their focus, the more their power is diluted. You know, the more that people struggle to trust their judgment. and it becomes harder. You know, each time. So, you know, for me in 28 years, moving from one company to another, it was always a decision that that uh, I I took a long time to make. It was never hours or days or weeks it was always sometimes years before i would make that decision so i hope that's kind of answered that question for you
1: definitely well i think that's very inspiring you just said even when you switch companies it could take months or years um and i think that's why you're successful you have a long-term focus well most networkers like you said are very impatient they do this for one week or a couple of days and it doesn't work out they quit but you're looking at a couple of years and the consequences of that so it's actually very inspiring to hear that. Like Thank you. I Appreciate it. Yeah, the, having that vision. Now, tell a story of your time, your journey, when you had like a major aha moment. Uh, it's like kind of when a light bulb went off, and then you really got the business, in it, and then you had massive momentum. Um, I think,
0: I think probably my biggest, my biggest aha aha moment was looking at a distance. Um, at um, successful builders in, in a number of different network marketing companies. And what I like to see is that when you see a networker who is massively outperforming the company that they're with, so a company might be growing at a certain pace, but this particular networker's team is growing at five times you know, the company's pace. And I, and I think that... One of those patterns that I've seen in this industry, which is something that I've tried to foster with my present network marketing company, um, is morale. I believe that morale is the greatest driver of momentum for any network marketing company. And at times, morale is, is primarily driven by the leader themselves. You know, the leader's ability to be able to draw people together, to be able to encu- to be able to encourage cooperation, to be able to show people that a networker is more potent as a team unit rather than an individual. And, you know, there are times when now I've actually refused to enroll people that I know would not be complimentary, you know, to culture or morale within my group. And I think being able to foster you know, that level of cooperation is something that I've taken the most seriously, you know, with my third network marketing company rather than, you know, in my first two. So to me, that's, you know, my greatest, you know, aha moment. Network marketers tend to be very, very independent and, and want to do things their own way and want to be very uh, individual. And and all of that is okay, but you you always have to appreciate that, a team unit is always going to be far more potent you know, than an individual. And being able to foster morale, foster cooperation, you know, having everyone within your team genuinely excited for each individual's success is something that just drives participation. It drives morale. And in the end, you know, that drives dollars more than just about anything else in your commission check you know, at the end of the month.
1: So that is such a insightful uh, sharing. That but the morale. So I have to ask you, what are one or two things that you do that actually keeps the morale up there? Because these distributors are constantly faced with you know discouragement, rejection. What do you do to get that morale up?
0: Well, I, I think one of the best things with regards to morale is is really praise and recognition. Uh, you know, praise and recognition is you know psychological oxygen. You know, for the soul. And what I like to do is I like to look at people when I enrol them or people that are part of the team and I suppose make a bit of a prejudgment of where I see their potential, you know, is. I mean, I have 175,000 people within my group. I can't split my attention equally amongst everyone within the team. So, you know, my job, I suppose, is to be a bit of a talent scout besides enrolling people myself. You know, I need to look at people that I've enrolled or people within my team that's been enrolled that are key, strong leaders. You know, I want to uh, consistently make myself redundant. So I want to be able to identify people with great skills and uh, tap them into areas of responsibility in the business. You know, I want them to be uh, presenting on webinars. I want them to be um, involved in uh, live events, opportunity events. You know, I want them to be travelling uh, you know, interstates. You know, at times I'll, you know, financially support uh, key leaders that I see. That um, being able to uh, present uh, when it's warranted in front of a stage is one of those things that will really tempt that person to uh, take their their goals and their and their dreams and their and their aspirations for their business, you know, to the next level. So. You know, what I see with, I suppose, the evolution of a networker is someone who, to begin with, gets the big picture of of what is able to be built with their chosen network. You know, secondly, they put that into action and they build a great platform in the community that they live, you know, their city, um, then to be able to take what they've built with their in their community or city and to be able to take that Nationally, so you know, they get out of their comfort zone where all of a sudden they can they can cope with travel and and At times being away from home and so they expand their business nationally and interstate and then the big jump and which really is You know the pinnacle of network marketing in the 21st century is being able to duplicate your business from local to National but then also to international, and if you can build an international business, I mean, that's the final frontier of of network marketing, uh, you know, in 2015.
1: Now, let's share another story, Lyndon. Take us to the time that you consider your proudest network marketing moment.
0: Well, that's an easy one for me. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I know for my mum, you know, her proudest moment in her network marketing career was, you know was seeing um you know her number one prodigy you know succeed and, and seeing her son on stage and and um, time management for me as a leader in this industry is really difficult because you know I have two young children a, a 7 and an 8 and an 8 year old and and family for me is paramount and, and being able to manage that amongst you know I I I'm on 150 flights roughly you know each year is a real juggle. So what I try to do is to bring my family to as many of the bigger overseas events um, and, and also to when I'm, when I'm uh, doing international travel, I'll take my kids uh, with me at times. And, and I was doing a tour in New Zealand uh, two years ago and my little daughter, Lily, uh, said to me, um, Daddy, one day, can I come up on stage with you? And of course, that just melted, you know, a father's heart. And so I said to my daughter, you know what, I've actually got the perfect time. And um, about two months later, I was at an international conference in uh, Thailand, and um, I was able to bring my daughter out on stage in front of 8,000 people. And, uh, you know, I spoke for a short five minutes and and, uh, introduced my daughter. And my my daughter is very, very strong-willed. She was... Someone that thought, fantastic, this will be fun. I can't wait, yes. <laughs> and uh, and I had a little chat, little father-daughter chat with her before we went out on stage and explained this little thing called stage fright and what can happen. And, uh, of course, she didn't believe that that would happen to her, but when I passed the microphone to her, um, no sound. She was holding that microphone and she just couldn't speak. So I uh, kneeled down beside her and... And, um, and you know, her lips are quivering and she's shaking and she's got all the lights on her and 8,000 people waiting for her to say something. And I just said to her, would you like to do it together? And so soon as I, the first word came out of my mouth and all of a sudden my daughter came alive and, and said, her little, her, said her little speech and 8,000 people erupted as if they'd seen you know, Lebr- LeBron James sort of hit the winning, winning basket with, uh, you know, half a second left on the clock. And I kind of knew at that moment as a father that, that that moment for my daughter has probably changed her future. You know, it's given her a level of confidence that, you know, she can do anything. And uh, so that, for me, is by far my number one, you know, moment in my career. But I'm wow. looking to top it.
1: That is awesome. I was... Um... Because I have two young boys, one of the reasons I love about the industry is like I believe network marketing allows us to be better parents, right? It's just like Absolutely. you were—you were fortunate. Your mom was a successful leader in her company and taught you a lot of the. You know, you're probably way more mature and precocious at seventeen than most seventeen-year-olds because through your mom's, you know, the personal development that she got from the company and. So, for you to pass that to the next generation, yeah, I mean, your daughter, regardless of what she does, she'll remember that moment, how she was able to overcome her fears and she was able to accomplish amazing things. You know, most adults came and do that, and she could do that. That is really impressive. I mean,
0: absolutely.
1: You know, absolutely. One, you know, one of my goals later on is like, I would love to speak in front of a hundred thousand people and have two of my both both my sons with me. So you, thank you, Linda. You have inspired me to do that. That because <laughs> I yeah, I love you know my goal. I used to be the shyest person. I could even speak, like in class, I would never speak up. I just get a B minus grade, you know. But I'm, now I love public speaking. But I want to speak to a big group, but not by myself. I actually want my kids there with me. So thank you for sharing that. That really touched my heart.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Now, you have over 28 years of experience. I'm sure you have a big vision. What excites you most about the network marketing profession now? Oh,
0: um, that, that's, a, that's a fun question. Um, I think what excites me most about the network marketing profession today is that I think this is an industry that's probably really started, you know, really started to mature um, in the last you know, five years or so. I mean, network marketing has always had that little bit of a sense that it's a bit of a fringe industry, that it's not um, as respected uh, and appreciated as much as what, is, as what it should be. I think it's always had a reputation that it's a bit misunderstood um, by uh, many in the community. But you know, what we're seeing today now is that I think network marketing in my 28 years has Never become more respected um, uh, than what it is today. We're really seeing the industry mature. We're, we're, I, I believe we're kind of at the beginning of a real golden era, you know, for this industry. And uh, and I think part of that is born out of the fact that we are so more, more so much more powerful as individuals to be able to communicate. So I mean, in the past, the pioneers of network marketing, you know, would have to be silver-tongued, you know, willing to uh, travel hundreds and hundreds of kilometres, you know, to do events, to go out and meet people. Now we have a platform to speak and to present and to share information on a massive scale thanks to, you know, social media and Skype and all of the other other, uh, great communication tools that we have, And, and it's provided companies with, you know, avenues to be able to empower distributors and and it's been able to empower distributors to be able to empower and influence you know people uh you know in a much bigger way so you know for me you know just in in my past uh you know three and a half years to build a network of 175,000 people that was possible in in the last in 2012 to 2015 but was probably never possible you know, even, you know, 10 years ago. So, you know, I I think today um, just having that ability that if you are wanting to commit and if you are wanting to build something substantial, there is the avenues to be able to to achieve that. And, um, you know, for me, that excites me like nothing else. Um, I think the other thing that excites me like nothing else today, you know, Simon, is that the... Average age of participation in this industry is dramatically shrinking. You know, go back 15, even 15, 20 years ago, network marketing was was for the you know 45 plus brigade. You know, whereas you know now network marketing today is probably just as common for people that are 45 plus than you know the Gen Y community. You know, we're seeing stories of of uh, great leaders, great builders in this industry that are sometimes even teenagers or early 20s. And that's something that, you know, when I started building this industry, you know, I was seen as a bit of an oddity at conventions, you know, having this, you know, teenager, this uh, guy in his early 20s, you know, building a network where today, you know, it's common. So I think, you know, network marketing has really uh, become of age.
1: Yeah, so people are more accepted to narrow marketing, right? No doubt. So as we wrap up towards the show, some really quick questions to pick your brain, okay? What's one of your favorite success quotes that's motivated you? Um,
0: well, it's kind of, I suppose, one that came from my uh, mum, which was, you know, do everything in a way where the best possible results is always possible. And, um, you know, so it was really kind of you know, a, a, a quote that uh, she used to influence me quite a lot, that at times you'll be disappointed, but the worst thing that can, a network marketer can fall into is, is into a spiral of compromise. I mean, networkers and human beings tend to be lazy, and at times we want to do things the easiest way, the most convenient way, but in the end you might be compromising so much that the very best possible result is never possible. You know, for my mum, whether she had a big crowd or a small crowd, she would always be presenting to that one person in the audience that she was hoping was there. That would be her future, her diamond, her future, you know, superstar. So she would she would work with this concept of best work practice. That was the minimum level of input that she would undertake with any task because she always wanted to make sure that that best possible outcome, you know, was always, you know, in play. Um, I think another one that I like is actions prove who someone is, uh, whether as words prove who they simply want to be. That's another quote that I quite like as well.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. I have to rewind that. Emma, this. You got to rewind that for 15 seconds and re-listen to that one. I really like that. Now, Linda, what is one habit that's helped you become successful?
0: Um, I think, um, you know, persistence you know, and tenacity, consistency, I mean, they all kind of roll into one. Um, you know, can you build as a networker just as, with as much energy and enthusiasm during the tough times um, as during the times of plenty? I think, you know, that is, that is um, you know, absolutely crucial. And I think that that's, being able to do that is really fueled by vision. If you've got an intensely strong vision of what you're wanting to achieve, then building with consistency no matter what's going on in your surroundings is, is actually easy.
1: What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Um,
0: the best piece of advice that I've ever got was from a, uh, a good um, networking friend of mine in the U.S. He's been a, you know, a top uh, leader in this industry for 20 years that uh, said to me once, not only show people your heart, but also show people your muscle. So, you know, that really impressed me, you know, a lot. But, you know, one of the traps of network marketing today is that people, people can fall into that trap of social media and communication that it becomes so convenient that you neglect to be able to let people into to understand who you are, what makes you tick. Um, in the end, this industry will never uh, shy away from being a relationship industry. And uh, you know, today we, there is not a time in, in history where we can communicate more easily, more more uh, more conveniently. But it's it's probably a time when people are more lonely than they've ever been before. And um, I think good networkers, um, have, you know, impress upon themselves that they need to create a meaningful relationship with people that they are working with and people that they value. So, you know, you want to be able to show people your heart and you want to be able to show people, you know, your muscle that, um, you know, behind your words, you know, comes some very powerful actions to take other people's dreams seriously, that uh, you're going to roll up, up your sleeves, you're going to jump into the trenches and um, you're going to show people that they've got a very powerful ally to uh, you know, help uh, change their future.
1: Really deep stuff. I really like that. Really, really good. Um, show people your heart, but you have to show people your muscle. Thank you. Now, a uh, couple other questions is, what's your favorite prospecting tool you use? So, Lyndon, if you have someone who's interested in the business, do you sit down with them with a newsletter uh, or do you use, do a webinar? Do you send them an online video link or a flip chart? What do you like to use nowadays?
0: Well, um, truthfully, my favourite tool is conversation. Uh, you know, I I, um, I believe that a person is going to make a decision to join my opportunity more because of their feelings towards me uh, than the opportunity itself. So, you know, I, I, I suppose I'm selling myself. I want to. I want a person to be able to. Uh, Uh, feel that I'm the right person to go into business with, that I'm someone who would take their goals and aspirations seriously, and that I'm someone who can be uh, trusted. Um, So general general conversation is my number one tool. Um, But outside of that, uh, what I love the most is, secondly, would be three-way phone calls. Uh, three-way phone calls is a way of achieving exactly the same thing, but in a, a dynamic where uh, you're training a leader within your group. You know, you're you're giving them, um, you know, time on that phone where they're hearing how you're presenting, how you're speaking, how you're influencing one of their prospects, and you're also creating a dynamic where that prospect is thinking, "Wow, you know, if I enrol, you know, here with uh, Simon, I've also got." Uh, you know, his enroller, you know, Linden to work with, what a great, you know, combination of people to be around. So I love the dynamic of three-way calls. And I think today, it's probably the most underutilised, you know, tool for networkers. But but in the end, there's safety in numbers. Webinars are just a, a beautiful tool to, you know, create mass interest. You know, I love that, you know, in, uh, in about four hours, I've got to do, you know, a webinar that's going to Going into you know probably around you know 30 different countries, um, you know there will be hundreds of people on that webinar, and to think that you know that one conversation you know is being done 400 times um, you know just in the space of an hour is pretty powerful. And also you can't go past live events, you know live events, you know good old-fashioned networking. You put someone in a room where they're hearing a message about a you know a great network company. Um, and they're seeing the uh, reactions of everyone else in the room, their enthusiasm, um, you know, what, what they're thinking. It's, it's very strong in influencing someone in the, dire- in the direction, their mind in the direction that you want them to go. So they're probably my, my favorites.
1: What's one of your favorite apps or online resources that you like to use? Do you use like an Evernote or a Dropbox that you could recommend to our listeners?
0: Well, I hate to admit this uh Simon, but I'm pretty uh I'm am a little bit of a uh, little bit techno challenge. So, you know, as far as, you know, online apps, um, you know, most of the online apps and things that I use are you know, are pretty embarrassing, uh, you know, apps to use for travel, um, but I don't really use that many, you know, apps, you know, specifically um, you know, for my business. So, you know, I'm 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 still caught uh Caught um, a little bit old-fashioned,
1: but I actually love that because I actually going back to what you said a couple of questions ago that you know we're more connected online than any time in history. But at the same time, we're more lonely, right? Because yes. everything's so less personal. And I think even when we talked on the phone the other day, like I instantly felt like a personal connection, right? And the phone, I totally agree. The three-way phone call—that's how I built my MLM business. Was doing tons of three-way calls, and no one does that anymore. But that's how people get to know you. So I actually love that, that you don't really use much online. You're doing old-school, old-fashioned phone calls and three-way calls. And so if anyone doubts that you have to use the online no-order stuff, you don't. You can do just what Lyndon does, which is go out there, you know, and building genuine relationships with people.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: What's one book you could recommend to MLM Nation, Lyndon?
0: Um, I, one book that I've really loved that uh, – I mean, there are lots of great books, lots of them, so many. And I think, you know, when you when you look at Tony Robbins and and uh, you know Bob Proctor and, and Brian Tracy, and the list goes on. Not being a criticism, but quite often you end up reading so many books that that one tends to blur into the next, and and a lot of the information can be a little bit repetitive, but. Uh, one speaker that I listened to a few years ago in California, his name is uh, Andy Andrews. He's a little bit less known, I suppose, out there in the network marketing um, uh, arena. But he has a book called The Seven Decisions, which which I think is an extremely powerful book. And it's all all pretty much about um, how he learnt that being able to influence your future in life can be uh, can be greatly enhanced by understanding and appreciating um, principles that previous great leaders have been able to highlight uh, so you know Andy began his career by looking at um, uh, at reading many many biographies of people like george washington mother teresa great people in history and looking at patterns that occurred as to how they reach their level of greatness. And and sometimes network marketers can be people who um, are paid on how well they can uh, tr- coach and train other people but can be terrible at being coached and trained, you know, themselves. They can be so independent that at times, you know, they, they don't take on advice very well. So that book, The Seven Decisions, was something that... Uh, Really made a big impact on on me. It's a, an unusual one, but a good book.
1: Oh, thank you for recommending that. That's one that never it's never been recommended. A lot of you know the leaders we have had on the show here. They, you know, they talk about how to win friends and influence people, the Eric worry book. But that's the first. I definitely will have to check that out. So, thank you for recommending that.
0: My pleasure.
1: And MLM Nation, I know you love audio because you're listening to this podcast. So, if you haven't already, you can get amazing free audiobooks at MLMNationBook dot com. That's MLMNationBook. So, Lyndon, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Yes. Before we go to the million-dollar question, ML Nation, I know you want to grow your business, and I know you want to earn more income. So that's why I want to share with you something that will instantly help your business and increase your income. You already know the importance of sponsoring, and if you can't sponsor, the fact is you simply won't earn any real income in network marketing. Sponsoring is so important, and that's why I'm inviting you to a free training that will change your business forever. I want you to check out my free sponsoring workshop webinar, where you're going to learn how to invite more prospects, overcome the objections, and sponsor more distributors. You can register for this free training at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Again, that's sponsoringworkshop.com. If you like these podcasts, these podcasts from ML Nation and these trainings, you'll find this free webinar even more helpful. This is the training that helped me earn over a million dollars in MLM and giving me the residual income so I can be a stay-at-home dad my kids and also have the time to give back and produce these MLM Nation podcast episodes for you. This is the training, the skills that help me become successful in network marketing and you're going to learn this at this free sponsoring workshop webinar. So some, here's some of the things you will learn and get. You're going to get the first step you must take before you even talk to your contact list. You're going to discover the three type of prospects and how you must talk to them differently. Not all prospects are the same, they're different. You also get my proven cold market scripts that'll help you convert strangers into prospects. These are the things that helped me. I mean, I didn't sponsor 200 people in a year, but I sponsored over 80-something people in one year. How would your business grow if you sponsored 80 people in a year? You also learn how to get prospects to overcome the objections. So, listen to your presentations. You know, an MLM objection, how to, you know, I don't have any money. So, you're going to discover, you're going to learn all those things. And also, the best part is you get my famous six figure clothes. So, you can sign up prospects. And this is the same script why it's a six figure clothes. Because I used it to sign up one of my party friends. This guy was a party animal. And I used that six figure clothes and he joined, and now he's a diamond director and earns me a six-figure passive income just from one person. And so you'll get the same six-figure close on this free webinar. So anyway, enough of what you learned. What you really need to do now is register right now or write this website down. It's at www.sponsoringworkshop.com. Okay, Sponsoringworkshop.com. This free webinar is offered three different days. That's the cool part. It's three different days, at four different times, so that, can, so that anyone around the world, because I know ML Nation, you guys are global, you can listen to it. And even better, if you don't have the patience you want it immediately, there's an option. If you go to sponsoringworkshop.com, there's an option to watch it now immediately. So you can watch it right now and learn. So start learning the skills to help me build a million-dollar ML business and go to sponsoringworkshop.com. So look forward to seeing the training. So now you know about something that's going to help you. I have to share that with you. Let's go back to the show and to the million-dollar question the million dollar question imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one Okay, you don't know your family, friends, no one but yet you all your current knowledge, skills and wisdom what's the first thing you would do to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch
0: well that's, that I suppose is a little bit of a nightmare for uh, most networkers when they, uh, when they think about that question but um, I, look I think what I would do uh, because I suppose I've never really had that myself. I, I came into this industry um on a bit of a cushion, you know, working with someone who was already successful. So I, you know, never had to start from scratch right at the beginning. But obviously I've got to train many network marketers how to do that themselves and, and the thing that I would do first is I suppose go back to that quote that my mum would use a lot. You know, do everything in a way where the best possible result is always possible. Um, I believe that about 90% plus of successful network marketers come out of five different categories. Now, we all know that we've got to start and put together a list. What I would do to get started not knowing anyone, I would find people that would fit within these five, you know, different lists. Um, You know, the first group would be, you know, people that have had Um, direct selling, network marketing, or party plan experience. You know, group number two would be finding people um, that have had uh, experience in entrepreneurship or small business. Group three would be be people that are involved within the careers of health, beauty, and fitness. Uh, Group number four would be people that are involved um, in careers... Around sales, especially high-end sales like, um, you know, uh, uh, housing, uh, real estate agents, insurance brokers, you know, machinery, etc. And lastly, people that have the ear of the community, people that have influence in the community. So it might be someone who has a respected occupation, you know, an accountant, a physiotherapist. It might be a stay-at-home mum that manages the local baseball team or, or maybe someone that uh, you know, manages a, a church group, if you can kind of um, narrow down who you're trying to talk to you know, so that you've got a much higher likelihood that they, are, that, that, that they already possess the skill set to be able to be a great you know, network marketer. And, and I would conservatively say that 90% of all network marketers that, that go on to be successful probably fall within one of those five groups. But at times too, you, you've got to be, you've got to be, um, you know, step out of your comfort zone. I remember a, a network marketer from Australia who moved to Canada, and uh, he was taking on a, a job over there, but was also network marketing. He knew no one, absolutely zero, and so he had to come up with ways to be able to create a list of people to talk to. And this is going back into the uh, 80s. Um, you know, well before, you know, the internet, um, you know, was, uh, you know, being used. And he would go into, he'd do two things. He'd go into libraries and would would um, look at newspapers that were six months to a year old. So he'd grab microfiche in the library and he'd go back and have a look in the, in the uh, classified area in the newspapers. And he'd ring each number. He'd say, you know, hello, my name is is, uh, Lyndon, I've seen your um, ad in the paper about six months ago. I'm uh, just curious to uh, see how you're going. And normally you find that, you know, most people that are advertising in newspapers, etc., are struggling a little bit and they're trying to meet people and make friends. And so, you know, he would have that opportunity to, to be able to talk to them about, you know, his um, um, uh, network that he was building. The other thing that he would do is he would which I thought was just as creative, was that he would ring real estate agents. You know, hello, my name is Lyndon. I've newly moved here to uh, Toronto. You know, I wonder if you can help me. You know, I'm involved with launching, you know, a, a new uh, company here into uh, the Canadian market. And I know you're involved in sales. I'm just new here to town. Is there anyone that you could recommend to me that fit into one of these categories? And, you know, we kind of knew the dynamic of the relationship was that the real estate agent generally does know a lot of sales oriented people, but in the back of his mind, he wants to establish a relationship with me in case I want to buy a house or, you know, can, I can be added to his contact list. And so, and also, you're kind of hoping, too, as the networker, that in the end, the real estate agent, out of curiosity, says, oh, you know, by the way, tell me a little bit about this company that you're launching. And so, sometimes, you've got to be really creative to be able to fast-track building relationships, or put yourself in the position where those conversations can arise.
1: Well, I love that. You just gave $2 million answers to the million-dollar question. Thank you, thank you. I love the five categories, and even the whole, old, going to the library, looking at old newspapers, really, really good stuff. ML Nation, make sure you pay attention to that. Um, Lyndon just shared with you a way to never run out of people to talk to. Linda, as we wrap up, do you have any last words of advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Um,
0: look, I think probably the, the, the main bit of advice that I can give you is, is never, ever fall out of love. Um, um, one of the things about being human is that we have a short attention span and, and very quickly we, we let the extraordinary become ordinary. And, uh, and I remember a, a little bit of an aha moment that I had with when, you know, I would, um, as they were little, I would take them for a walk around our garden at night time. And, um, you know, they, I remember this one occasion where, where my kids would be looking up into the sky and, and they'd be pointing, pointing out the stars to me and just how incredible the stars looked. And, you know, I'd look up there and have a look and i think, wow, they are. But over time, you really forget. You know, just how incredible those stars look. And, and you know, that can happen as a human being with, you know, with relationships and all sorts of things, you know, even, even with regards to network marketing. So, you know, my biggest pe- piece of advice is to be just as excited about this great industry that you're part of, you know, today, tomorrow, next year, and in 10 years' time because there's nothing more potent, you know, that I'm aware of that can change people's lives dramatically. You know, I'm obsessed with being able to build a global international business. I love going to countries that most people don't dream of going because I know that this industry can change people's lives in sometimes some of the most dramatic ways. In my first network company, you know, I met a gentleman who was from Lagos, Nigeria, who was enrolled at a street intersection. You know, he was in the bushes, off the road, and when cars would pull up at the lights, he would scurry onto the road with a rag and you know, would clean windscreens and, you know, for a few pennies if he was lucky. And someone was kind enough to wind down their window and invite this guy um, that had no future in life to come along to uh, an opportunity evening. And you know, this uh, derelict window washer decided to come. And within five years, he became one of the top distributors in that company. He couldn't even inf- afford to enroll. He had to sell shoes and what little possessions that he had, you know, to get started. And when you think about every single listener, you know, on this podcast has the ability to pay for the blessing that this industry is and just how dramatically it can change people's lives. Why would you want to fall out of love with this industry? It's a very, very uh, amazing industry to be part of. You know, for anyone that would love to get in contact with me, the, the best way is, is via Facebook. Um, my friends list is virtually full, so just send me a private message. Um, I'm sure the correct spelling will be, will be there on the MLM you know, Nation websites. Um, but yeah, love to get in touch with anyone, especially those that have a passion for uh, global network marketing.
1: MLM Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Lyndon Birnoff. So keep up the momentum and go to MLNation.net and type in Lyndon, that's L-Y-N-D-O-N at the search bar. And the show notes or the nuggets of wisdom that Lyndon talked about and his contact, his Facebook link will be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Lyndon, thanks for being such a giver, for sharing your valuable time with MLM Nation. My
0: pleasure. Thanks, Simon.
1: Lyndon, we're grateful to you. MLM Nation appreciates you, and thanks for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thanks again. Thank you. That was an amazing leadership training. Whoa! Like, I just took pages and pages of notes. Uh, make sure you thank Linden. Go to the show notes page, mlnation.net, and type in Lyndon, L-Y-N-D-O-N, and... Um, Contact him. Connect with him. Awesome. You can tell from the 28 years of experience, the leadership he has. You know, a couple of big takeaways from the leadership lessons about morale. He only wants certain type of people in his business that will increase morale and get people fired up. Not negative types. He actually even talked about how he rejected people that don't fit into his culture right and it's just also inspiring it's just the stuff that you talk about as kids because that's one of my goals to speak in front of a hundred thousand people but not do it by myself but to have both my sons there with me sharing as well and so top of vision like you know what it takes to be successful having a long-term vision i always ask this in, what I, in my trainings what's long term people say oh two years five years ten years and the long term is your life is your legacy you know, that's why I love MLM, because I believe it allows us to be better parents, better create a legacy. And so Lyndon, when he was talking about like, the decision he was making, even when he had to leave that company, he didn't think of it for weeks or months. He thought about it for years. You know? So that's the type of long-term you need. Wow, just so many nuggets of wisdom, just like, you know, how he would start with the million-dollar question. He gave a really million-dollar answer, like the whole tip of going to the library and contact old newspapers, go through an old newspapers and contact old business owners, because chances are all those people are struggling, right? They advertised a couple of months ago. They need people to talk to. It's just an awesome way to have motivated people, talk about the five categories of successful distributors. distributors. Um, to connect with and to have prospects. So ML Nation, I don't ever want to hear the excuse. I don't know anyone to, I, don't, I ran out of leads Could Linden just shared an unlimited resource for you to find people to contact, all right? Uh, if you don't know how to approach them, then you should go attend my sponsoring workshop and I, where I teach you how to invite, you know, for those business owners or those real estate agents, go to sponsoringworkshop.com and I have a free two-hour training. You can. It's a couple of days a week where I'll teach you how to approach these successful type of uh, prospects. Um, All right, I think that's it for the show. If you like it, definitely connect with Lyndon. It's awesome. This was, in my opinion, like so dense. Every word he said has so much meaning, impact. It's just inspiring from his mother to how he started off early. And, um, but so go to the show notes page, connect with them. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. The reviews mean a lot. By subscribing also, make sure you get future episodes downloaded to your phone. And then, lastly, uh, share with your friends, upline, downline, cross lines. That's the best compliment. Uh, I mean, you, a lot of you've been messaging me feedback. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. But share with your friends. That's the best compliment uh, because I really believe this is worth about giving. That's what I do for this show. So if you like this, give you know, inspire someone and share this podcast with others. And the best part, is free. All right, so that's it for the show. Awesome. This is an episode you definitely want to go back and listen over and over again, especially the leadership, the mindset. Go back and rewind, play it back over and over again. And just if you take the content alone, you can probably do break it into many trainings that you can do for your team. All right, that's it. Um, last thing, thank you you know, for listening, for taking your valuable time. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.